Hey guys, I'm back again with another episode of the Rama Rundown. Uh, I just wanted to get back on the air because nowadays I haven't really been doing much with this whole coronavirus situation and I thought, you know, I might as well give you guys something to listen to for the next half hour, an hour, however long this is. And today is just going to be another solo cast. Uh, I wanted to improve, you know, my speaking off the top of my head. And even though I love having guests on, I really want to try to become a better podcaster. And I think one of the next steps to take to do that is just becoming more comfortable, kind of monologuing and just talking to myself. I have all these ideas just stuck in my head somewhere. So the better I get at pulling them out and really expressing them to you guys, I feel like the better uh, both of us will be in in terms of the long run. So that's what I'm probably going to be doing for the next couple episodes. I might invite a couple people on. Uh, It's kind of complicated with this whole, yeah, like I said, this whole coronavirus situation. Uh, Podcasts are definitely more fun when you can meet in person. You know, if you're just across screens, it's kind of lacking that, uh, how do I say, chemistry. It's kind of, you know, awkward sometimes. It makes it, honestly, makes it a little bit harder to edit. So until this whole thing blows over, uh, expect more solo cast episodes because I kind of really want to explore that lane of podcasting. I never really thought about that before, but I think this is the right direction for me. And I just wanted to start off with this whole um, VCU coronavirus thing. Uh, Happened very recently. Only, I only found out about this last night. But basically, um, they decided to move all the uh, items out of people's dorms um, without asking them or without their permission in order to make room for coronavirus patients and uh the, the thing no one's arguing that they're making the wrong choice but i think they completely run it, went about it the wrong way uh so unlike a lot of other colleges vcu had is had its spring break early um probably like march 6th i would say and so the coronavirus situation really escalated over our spring break so a lot of people didn't get a chance to go back to vcu and collect their stuff and really officially move out before the coronavirus started unlike a lot of other universities who started their spring breaks a little bit later and that led to a lot of people just you know having a lot of stuff left back at their dorm that they couldn't really get access to and now a video was leaked yesterday basically showing this mover who was assigned to move all these things out of people's rooms without telling them, you know, there's no notice. Um, there's, you know, there's no way of knowing that, you know, this was happening. If this guy didn't take the video, then honestly, none of us probably know that it, it even happened. And so it's kind of, it's kind of blown up now as a huge issue for the students, you know, kind of like uh, another sucker punch. Just when you think VCU is going in the right direction, bam, Michael Rao hits you with this. And I personally, I don't really feel strongly about this, but I, I kind of understand where VCU is going in terms of, of course, I would want more patients, more rooms for patients of COVID-19. We want to flatten the curve. That's the term that the experts use nowadays. And so um, if, if we can allocate more rooms by using up our dorms that we aren't using right now during this time, by all means do that. Um, I just think they totally approached it the wrong way. There's so many options that you could have taken. 
you could have at least waited a week and given the students a couple of opportunities to completely move out at least take like most of their essentials out before uh doing it yourselves or you could have offered a service to do you know to have that taken out just informing the public and making clear your intentions most of these problems all boil down to communication flaws and errors it's something that's really simple communication but it's so hard to really get the nail on the head right there uh, a lot of people struggle with it even uh, administrators but I, I don't really understand why there was a lack of communication here between uh, VCU administration I'm assuming they're the people who uh, organize this and then the students um, it's pretty one way it's, it's pretty one way and it's pretty easy to communicate nowadays you have emails coming out every day about COVID-19 and everything so if you really wanted to you know alert the students and tell them you could have easily worked out something and that's something I have big question marks about with Michael Rout he's like the big guy at VCU you know you're, you're getting paid these big bucks to make these hard decisions and you know if you're not really making them the right way then I'm not quite I'm not questioning his decision making but <laughs> at a certain point you got to look at yourself in the mirror and ask you know what are you doing here man you know we're all on the same page just make sure that you make your intentions clear your goals clear and no, no one's gonna have a problem with it you know if you told us that you're gonna move our stuff out people will be totally fine right now um I I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who wouldn't be um in support of creating more space for COVID-19 patients in Virginia. It's a big state. You really want to uh, slow slow the roll of uh, the spread of this virus. So definitely a good idea. I just went about it totally the wrong way. And uh, I hope it gets resolved soon. You know, there has to be a certain level of compromise between the, the two parties. I feel for the students. You know, all my stuff is back there. I only took like one hand luggage of stuff, of clothes back to Vegas. So most of my stuff is back there. Um, I don't, you know, personally, this is just me. I'm not that phased by the situation. You know, of course, I want my stuff to be, like, you know, well-captained. But I also understand where VCU is coming from. Um, and there's much more to worry about for me, you know. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful that, you know, a lot, that I haven't really been affected directly by the coronavirus. The people around me are safe. And I think that's, like, the main thing nowadays. Just kind of... As long as you're healthy, you should be, you know, thanking your lucky stars. And what the the official official con- like congressional scientist, I don't know what the exact name of the title is. He said around like 30 to 50 percent of Americans are gonna get coronavirus, so it's only a matter of time. But um, the more days we can go without spreading it faster and faster, the better. And I'm just thankful that you know I'm healthy healthy and safe and the people i care about my friends family are all healthy and safe too and so i'm not really worrying about all my stuff that's left back at virginia that'll take care of itself in the upcoming months and right now like just staying at home social distancing that's like the main priority for me you know getting my things in order and along the lines of uh talking about decision making i wanted to talk about the thing i it came across in one of my classes in my international relations class that I took this semester called prospect theory. And I had a conversation about prospect theory kind of with one of my friends last night. It's basically how each individual uh, measures loss and gain in terms of their decision making. So some people 
I, I hate to use a sports analogy here because I, I don't know if you you guys would fully understand. Some people might not, but sometimes, in especially in football, um, you, like given that it's late in the game, a lot of teams are faced with two opportunities. You know, you could play to win, um, or you can play not to lose, and you know both both have their scenarios where they work. Where they work. So if you're down, um, let me see. If you're down three points. And say it's like a fourth and one at the opponent's 30-yard line. Do you kick the field goal and tie the game and hopefully win it in overtime? Or do you go for it, try to get the touchdown, and win it right here and now? And it's a very interesting scenario. And honestly, it just boils down to how much you are willing to you know, risk loss versus risk regret. That's kind of how I... Uh, think of it am i more comfortable losing or or am i more comfortable experiencing regret you know experiencing the regret of not having gone having gone all in on that decision or you know taking that risk of course the the main principle of good decision making is you know maximizing output and minimizing risk uh, associated in that decisions but a lot of the time it's kind of hard to take out that risk it's inherent it's like environmental to build in so it comes down to a choice between playing to win and playing not to lose and you see this choice all the time in your life it's not just sports or academics but it influences a lot of social situations too and i have a funny story where i guess you know th- reflecting on it back then it kind of uh kind of like fit in this scenario of playing to win versus playing not to lose uh so i was an elementary schooler um kindergarten probably i'd say and i had a huge crush on this girl named elizabeth uh don't know where she is now never seen her again after that year but back then i had a pretty big crush on her and i knew this kid kid named charlie also had a crush on her too uh blonde kid um i kind of liked him but i know i it was kind of weird I liked him, but I didn't. We weren't really friends, but I guess you'd talk a, a little bit back then. And she'd have this thing where, like, she wanted guys to chase her, literally, like, play tag. And I was like, okay, I'm game. You know, I could, and, you know, she's like, okay, whoever can catch me, uh, blah, 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 like, becomes our friend, whatever. And, like, you know, as, you know, as a kid back then, you're like, oh, wow, playing tag and getting a girl that you think is cute, perfect. And it kind of falls into that, you know, <laughs> uh, playing to win versus playing not to lose because of what happened in uh, upcoming moments. I didn't really want it to happen like this, but it did. Um, so I was smoking this dude. I was smoking Charlie. I was so much faster than him. And I was right on her tail. Uh, and then she takes a hard 90 degree turn. And I'm like, wow, damn. Kindergarten making like sharp cuts like that you should be in the nfl i never seen a person doing that before and then bam she takes a 90 degree turn i run straight into the wall ahead of her and head cracks open i'm on the ground head bleeding i i swear i swear you're not this actually happened blood spilling from my forehead freaking out as a kindergartner i've never had an injury like this before not sure whether i'm concussed or not but i know i'm just my head is, head is throbbing. My mom has to come pick me up. I had no clue, you know, what happened after that. But it's kind of 
did I make the right decision in terms of playing to win versus playing not to lose? I could have just sat there and watched Charlie chase after the person that I thought was cute. Or I could have, you know, joined the race and I, I could have lost. And it's just like I did. And it's just uh, it's just a matter of which one you prefer to, to bear, you know. Some people are okay with, you know, bearing regret, you know, of like, um, just like they can bear the idea of not knowing what could have been. But I'm a very curious person. I always think about uh, decisions I made in the past and I always think about alternative outcomes, you know, and I do a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking on myself. Hindsight's plenty. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to go back and critique your decisions based on the outcome you know today. But nonetheless, I do that a lot to myself, and so I believe that I value bearing loss more than I, you know, like holding regret. I feel like regret lingers uh, lingers in my mind a lot, and even though it doesn't really sting, it still is there, and it kind of influences the decisions I make going forward a little bit and I don't like I don't like it being there so I'd rather take the loss and even though in this situation I cracked open my head and stuff it's still a totally like funny story I could share kind of like a battle scar kind of a big guy in kindergarten I I can't believe I was a baller back then but I'm kind of at ease with it so even though you know you might lose and everything for me I'd rather lose than bear the pain of regret but for some people they they much rather uh, bear regret you know they don't they're able to move on faster like i i found it interesting because i learned about this in my psych class in high school but people aren't twice as sad when they lose than they are happy when they win so loss is loss is hard even though humans are supposed to be one of the most resilient creatures on earth go through so much shit people still take loss incredibly hard i think it's all about finding the right balance between playing to win and playing not to lose and something i just started thinking about nowadays and trying to incorporate more of that thought process in my decision making rather than just doing it on a win because a lot of the time times it isn't easy as a compromise or it isn't easy as minimizing risk by doing this there's a lot of gray area and there's a lot of tough decisions we got to make especially becoming an adult now becoming responsible you got to weigh the options and you don't want to miss out but you don't want to screw up your life so it's really riding that fine line and even if you uh say you play to win and it doesn't work doesn't mean you should give up on it you know one failure does not give you the reason to totally avoid that strategy in your life going forward unless it's probably pretty catastrophic other than that uh it's definitely a consideration that i feel most people should think about more often what type of person you are which one are you better at handling loss or regret and based on that change your decision making process to become more effective more clear and you know more livable i hate it when people make decisions that you know they aren't all in on and then they talk about the loss the grit and I, I think to myself if, if they just put in more time to think about what they were actually doing rather than kind of doing it on a way more just uh just doing it on the fly 
uh, I think people would be much better off served and probably would be able to live with the consequences, good or bad, either way, better. Um, aside from that, nothing's really happened in the last couple weeks. Uh, the the Weekend Rockets new album. I'm a huge Weekend fan. Probably have like 40, 50 of his songs in my playlist. Uh, I have a Weekend playlist specifically. And I really thought this After Hour album was actually really interesting and thought-provoking it was a far cry from its from his uh the tones of his other albums a lot of them were a lot darker and more melancholy uh first you had the trilogy his original had a much how do I describe this claustrophobic feel where it kind of felt like you were in a a tight room really kind of lonely and intimate just with yourself or what with whoever was there that's kind of the vibes it gave to me very like not airy um pretty dark but the trilogy was basically what you know brought him in the whole picture of the R&B game and I feel like the topics he addressed, like drug use, his love problems, his social anxiety, and kind of the decisions that he made, and him explaining and just going through his head about it, really put him on the scene. And a lot of people respected him for the type of music he was putting out. Not a lot of people put out um, darker hits that end up you know, having radio play or having mass listeners listen to it, but... I, f- I feel like people really respected the way that Abel made himself relatable and he didn't put himself on a pedestal like a lot of uh, musical artists do nowadays. They kind of flex about how much better their life is or how much worse their life is than the regular person. But in the trilogy, his original mixtapes, Abel really put himself in the shoes of a normal person and he's like, hey guys, I'm facing the same thing that you were facing. And maybe me making tracks about how I faced these issues or how I came to terms with them will help you do the same. And I feel like a lot of people kind of uh, caught on to that. His second album, Kissland, was very different than the first because as the first was claustrophobic and tight, Kissland was very airy. You felt like you were walking alone in like a large city. That's kind of the feel I got from it. And then After Hours is kind of along the lines of Kissland, but a little bit more upbeat synth. They had that large dose of 80s synth with After Hours, which is really refreshing because even though I love The weekends, melancholic beats, underlying dark tones in his previous albums, it's nice to kind of get a kick in the pants and had that same lyrical content, but over a little bit of a more, not even brighter beat, but just faster tempo. The only problem I'd say I'd have with this album is that a lot of the songs got repetitive after a while. It was kind of hard to listen to the album like one time all the way through because at a certain point, it feels like you're just hearing the same things over and over again. 
And I get it. You want to have a, a theme for the album. You want to have a certain tone that you want to set, a certain setting. But I feel like he could have, he could have uh, at least changed the beats up a little bit. And even if you want to have that 80s synth pop in it, I feel like you could have altered it in a different, in a couple different ways. I think including more guitar, doing just a lot of just putting twists on how the beat sounds would have gone a long ways into making his album just that much better but i really enjoyed a couple of the songs on there uh a couple of my favorite songs i really liked escape from la i don't know why but i feel like those lyrics kind of hit me the most it kind of talks about basically how la is no good for him and even though he loves being there he kind of he knows that it's not good for him and he needs to get out and it was kind of the way that how i felt about like las vegas even though like, obviously we're not doing the same activities you know he's doing a lot more i kind of really liked las vegas but i needed to go explore a new situation with richmond or with virginia I feel like I wouldn't have really taken away much if I just stayed in Las Vegas for university or for, you know, for the years to come. Even though I really loved it that much, I knew that it'd be much better for me to go out and explore. And I think that's kind of in a different, he's, he's definitely taking a different path, but I feel like that's kind of like the same conclusion he reaches in his argument. And I kind of relate to that. And I really like the, the melody and the chorus for that. It was really... Uh, it was really catchy for me. Another song that I really liked was Scared to Live. Um, a lot of his songs about relationship problems. But I feel like this one, it was kind of a little bit different than his previous love songs. It was kind of, um, whereas he is usually puts himself down in terms of putting himself in your shoes rather than on a pedestal. He kind of, he needs an ego boost in this one and he puts himself on the pedestal and he's like, basically, I'm the only thing that you have in your life that's working. And if you want to live, you got to, you got to def, you got to venture away from me and find your own thing, right? you know, find somebody else that treated you the way I did. And I feel like that was also very interesting for him to do that. Usually he's usually bring himself down, but right here he's kind of kicking himself up. And his vocals on Scared to Live, especially the SNL performance, was just amazing. Stellar vocals. Well, I mean, what, what would you, what less would you expect from The Weeknd? Such a talented guy. Another song I really liked was After Hours. I know he released this before the album came out, but that very last minute of him without the guitar kind of sounds like an, sorry, without the beat, him kind of sounds like an acoustic version really precious and gentle and even though you had that beginning energetic part up tempo part him slowing down at the end and really just highlighting his amazing voice his vocal range after so that those are probably my top three after hours scared to live escape from la of course i really like in your eyes that's a really interesting one um in terms of a lot of people, I guess it's kind of a, not a cliche nowadays, but people, it's, it's cheesy to say that you could look at a person's eyes and you can really tell a lot about who they are as a person. And um, 
you know what their intentions are i don't really think this is really true at first it's kind of hard to do that at first but i think the weekend's point in, in this song is that the more you get to know somebody they're the more their eyes give away things about them their tendencies uh there's they're kind of secrets and that's what he was saying that even he's kind of saying that he could see it in her eyes that she was disappointed in him you know what he what he became in a man and i kind of get that i kind of get that feeling too in terms of the more you get to know somebody the more intimate um their gaze becomes and the more revealing it becomes and it's really interesting you get to a certain point where you're so close to somebody that no words need to be said it's easily expressed just through eye contact how they feel and i think it's i think it's something that's really interesting about the topic of intimacy and relationships so i really like the fact that he addressed that and kind of took a new perspective of, of love on that track on that sorry, on that track other than that a lot of the other songs are pretty good like faith and i really like save your tears and heartless so i would i would put most of them on my playlist to listen to throughout the day especially those top three scared to live escape from la and after hours the other ones i could listen to every now and then there's some that i don't really like i don't really associate with like alone again or snow child which is definitely a drug use song um i i, I just don't have any experience you know so associating with that so maybe maybe if like i went through something i i could associate with it but i just i don't really find a way to connect to that song personally and then uh until i bleed out it was it was pretty good at first but then after he kept repeating it the chorus and the message a little bit got a little bit repetitive and i think i that was one of the last i think that was maybe the last track on the album so by the time i listened to that i was kind of tired of that 80s synth um tone and type of song so maybe i i gave that one unfair you know shot at you know making my top three but i really enjoyed the fact that he put this out especially during this time uh really gave me a lot of things to think about while i'm at home really doing nothing and another amazing project by the weekend i can't i i can't believe i'm already saying this but i'm already waiting to see what he drops next um such a such an amazing artist my favorite artist of the 2010s for sure he has that perfect mix of r&b and rap even though he doesn't really rap sometimes i feel like his songs kind of give me that rap feel sometimes it's kind of like a bryson taylor but it sings more so i really like i really like weekend r&b batman so but apart from that i haven't really been doing much in terms of my life day to day so i've been trying to find new hobbies new avenues to explore and one thing that I came across besides reading was journaling i never really thought about doing journaling because even though i liked i had a lot of thoughts in my head and you know i daydream a lot i think a lot uh i never really considered writing because i didn't used to like writing uh, on paper i used to have to do it in elementary school middle school where you had, you'd have to keep a journal and you'd have to submit every now and then maybe once every week and it felt like more of a chore rather than a me thing and if i want to take on a hobby i want to feel like it's rewarding rather than just something i have to keep up with or something i have to do consistently and once it starts 
reaching that point, I consider it less, I consider it less of a hobby and more of a kind of, just more of work. And so I wanted to try it out. I wanted to give it a new, a new take, a new start. And not just journaling in terms of like keeping a calendar and like organizing that stuff. I'm a very disorganized person. I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. But in terms of just, if I have this interesting idea or thought that comes in my head or something prompts up a quote I heard from one of my favorite movies, then maybe I'll write it down. And so when I come across that journal page a couple weeks later, I could be like, I could think about, oh, wow, um, you know, this happened or I heard this somewhere and this applies to something that I'm going through now or applies to something that one of my friends is going to going through and I can kind of share that wisdom pass it along to them and it's kind of just good to keep track of your feelings or your thoughts kind of like having a dream journal one of my friends has a dream journal and I really respect her for that I think it's a really good idea and so once you've I don't know I don't know if this you know happens obviously because I'm, I'm not a big journaling head yet but I feel like once you reach a certain point where you're consistently logging entries it's you kind of start to notice trends and, and patterns in your thinking and you get to know yourself as better as a person. And so when you're looking at something like prospect theory, oh, you could start to recognize, oh, I think I value or I can bear regret more than I bear loss. Or in terms in terms of other social like dilemmas, I'm more of this rather than that, I'm more of an introvert rather than an extrovert. You can just learn more about yourself because i think that's a great thing to do with all this time now from the covid situation uh we're all at home of course with our families hopefully you're you know staying at home social distancing and it's a great opportunity to, to learn more about yourself and really find place your time and things that you like doing managing your time properly and what works for you when i was stuck at home when i started being stuck at home i honestly didn't know what to do with my time. I had a lot of extra time freed up on my hands, especially it being spring break. And so I I was trying to find new hobbies and I realized that, you know, one of my biggest hobbies is just thinking. And so a, a good way to keep track of that is just journaling. And it doesn't have to be dear diary, March 26, 2020. I felt that no, it's it's nothing like that. It's kind of just coming like whatever pops up in your head. Even if you don't have your journal at that at, to, at that time, you go grab it and write it down really quickly. It's more of like a, an idea book. Like imagine if you're if you're an entrepreneur, and I'm sure you go through daily life and you hear about all these issues people care about. You start writing them down, just coming up with ideas, sketches, more of like a creative outlet rather than a diary type of thing. That's kind of where I'm heading towards with this whole journaling aspect. I saw a GQ interview with Kyrie Irving and he has like a creative journal. And I think it's so interesting when people take the time to really write things down and keep track of themselves and get to learn more about yourself. And it's it's such, it's such a cool thing just to look back on in a couple of years, like a couple of years in the future, you look back on it, you know, you could be like, wow, thought about this four years ago. And it's just interesting to see how far you've come or, you know, how you stayed the same over the last couple of years. Like... I remember I had my English teacher freshman year of high school on the on the very first day of school she made us write a letter to our future selves and she said do not open this 
until the last day of high school. I was like, writing the letter, I was like, I knew I'm going to open it. Like, the curiosity is going to get the better of me, like, junior But I ended up losing the letter. And I actually, coincidentally, found it right before graduation. And so I opened it up close to the last day of high school. And I was amazed at how much changed in terms of my goals and the direction I wanted my life to go in just in like the matter of four years. And so I feel like journaling kind of gives me the opportunity to experience that feeling a little bit more and kind of track where my journey goes, especially with all this extra time that we have um, on our hands with the COVID-19 outbreak. So I encourage you guys to find new creative outlets. I always love a person and taking a creative side to themselves rather even if you're like a hard science soft science major a calm sign major whatever it is just i feel i always encourage people to take a more creative approach to their life and it doesn't have to be your main thing but just something on the side i know one of my friends run he loves like computer like graphic design he makes all these cool images uh my friend alex he does like studio mixing and things like that i feel like those like those are things that I could definitely see them doing and they like they contribute directly to their personality and I love the fact that they're finally getting the time to you know explore those avenues because rather than just wasting time on YouTube nowadays you could be advancing yourself like that or just creating a project that you're proud to be a part of so with that that's that's mostly all I have on my head nowadays um basically all that's been going on through my life it's been kind of mundane going through coronavirus but the more i think about it now we're probably never going to experience another situation at this level in our lifetime so it's kind of interesting to see it happen so hopefully like we learn from our cultural practices i don't know if people are going to start shaking hands left even a- shaking hands less even after this whole outbreak does done it's definitely going to see it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this whole coronavirus situation influences our social um our unwritten social rules people gonna go more fist bump elbowing i don't know but i'm really interesting to see what what happens in the next couple months and hopefully i can upload something soon with more thoughts to give you guys maybe if i have some more interesting conversation with my friends maybe give you an update on the journaling how that's been but for now that's pretty much it i Uh, Thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. If you want to send me a message on something that you want me to talk about, I'm all ears. I'm always looking for new ideas and just stay safe, stay at home, you know, practice social distancing, stay at home unless you have to go out really bad. And I wish the best of luck to you guys. And I hope you guys find, you know, some interesting things to do with your life now that we've kind of entered a new stage or a new, you know, living situation. But, you know, until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. See ya.